I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Some exchange betting companies run short-lived promotions like months-long offers of low commission. At BetDAG, we wanted to change the way we did things, so we set our commission at 2% permanently. That's 2% on football, horse racing, golf, almost any sport. 2%. That's just one way that BetDAG is changing for the better. For the better, like you. BetDAG, the 2% commission exchange. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Hello and welcome back to the Rogue Report Extra podcast. Uh, we normally only cover league games, as you know, but it's going to be a little while until our next one, which is a bit weird in League One. It seems that we're playing every other week, but we've got actually quite a big game on, on Tuesday. I wouldn't normally consider it a big game because I think the whole competition's been a bit weird, but whenever you're two games away from like Wembley, I suppose, you need to start looking at things seriously. We've got another under-21s team. Now, we're just off the back of... A 1-1 draw with Scunthorpe. I'm actually recording this on a Saturday night. So I've had one or two, which is not my usual, but nonetheless, it is Saturday night. And with us, I've got Gavin, who's a bit of an expert on Manchester City's reserves and academy and the fantastic, fantastically named, what is it, Elite Development Squad, Gavin? Is that right? Elite Development Squad, that's right, yes. Absolutely love that name. It sounds brilliant. I love it. Um but yeah, you're you you're an expert on them pretty much. You you write for or, or your Twitter handle is MCFC Reserves and Academy, which it's what pulled me in to be honest. Um, and I, I want to kick off straight away with obviously if if you cover a lot of the reserves and the academy, um, everyone has their opinion of the Checker Trade Trophy, especially Sunderland. But for Manchester City under twenty ones, you've done all right. But what's what's your view in it as a City fan? Uh, well, I've. I'm firmly in the camp that uh, these young lads need a lot more games than they're getting at the moment because the uh, the reserve league is an absolute mess. Because without uh, City being in the uh, UEFA Youth League and this Checker Trade Trophy, they they can go virtually four weeks without a game, and it's just an absolute farce. These young lads need to be playing regularly to to aid the developments, and and the fact is that. Uh, even with those uh, games, they're under 19s and with the youth league, and it's an under 23. There's a mishmash of the uh, ages, and so they've got to swap and change uh, with the squads. So, but uh, but, uh, but they really need sort of a weekly game uh, league fixture system like the old sort of central league, with a sort of, if possible, a, a, an 
promotion and relegation system because uh, they're just not getting the chances to play in the Premier League because the the managers can obviously see that they're not they're not developing well enough in the reserve league because they're not getting the game time. So for them to be put into uh, the scenario of these big Premiership games, it's it's so much of a risk for for the managers. Even just the the odd one when you know, like City, uh, without Fernandinho, it's it cost them a couple of games uh, uh, around the Christmas period. But uh, I do feel obviously that a B League is obviously totally against what a lot of people think. Yeah, but there's got to be, there's got to be something around there that, to be done to help these youngsters progress better than what they are without having to go out on loan all the time. They need to be de- developed within house in their own in their own environments, I think, better than they are at the minute. No, it's it's funny you sh- when you should say that, because I suppose the... And you know what I'm always going to say, coming from... It, it's very easy to have a judgment on Man City, Chelsea, and their the youth academy and the, the reserve teams and things like that. It's really, really easy coming from a Sunderland perspective or even, like a say, a West Ham perspective, like a mid-table premiership club. But I think... Our answer to a lot of the B team side of things and the Checker Trade Trophy having under twenty one sides in would be why can't these players develop away on loan? Um, I've spoke to a few sort of former professionals who played maybe 10, 15 years ago who speak really highly of going lower down the leagues and kind of learning their trade and stuff like that. But why is it that it seems like Manchester City and say teams like Chelsea are not able to develop the players by sending them to say, League One or a League League Two team, why do you think it's more beneficial that the under-21s enter the Checker Trade Trophy as opposed to maybe going on loan to someone like, say, Rochdale, Bolton, somebody like that? I think, obviously, these are great smaller clubs and do do a fine job. But their their whole style of football and ethos is so totally different to what a Premier League club like City and the likes of Chelsea and the way the way the way that they they control possession and everything else and it's not not just about make, making the forward pass all the time it's making the the right judgment to to create the space further down the line like like sort of playing chess isn't it you just draw drawing your opponent uh, out to create to create that space and I think that. Uh, Quite often, though, uh, the the players that have developed within their own the cities and Chelsea's academies and stuff, they're not used to that that style style of football, and then suddenly they they can get sidelined and put on the bench quite quite quickly, and then then they're not again getting the game time, and they're not thinking and and because I think the way that football's changed in these last ten or fifteen years or so, I don't hold anything that oh we've got to play with men. That'll make you a better player, I think, because because men in football you can't go diving in anymore. So that whole aspect of being tackled by a hard man midfielder is gone anyway. So I think, as I said, I think the way to go is more to expand the reserve league. So they're playing like virtually every every week, possibly even more. You know, with cup games and other things included. So. So they have the rigours of, of playing week in, week out, and they have to ride out those niggles and stuff that, that, that they don't have to now because they get the more time rest, but yet they're not having to deal with that pressure of getting themselves ready for a, a game every week. It's 
it, it's bizarre at the minute. So as opposed to being in favour of the teams going into the, the checker trade, you'd, you'd probably in an ideal world prefer kind of a switch back to what I suppose me and you were used to uh, when the reserve teams were about. It was a, a, There was a little bit more at stake, wasn't there? The reserve games now seem a little bit throwaway. You don't really, the whole relegation promotion thing, you, you don't really hear about who's who's going when and doing what. But I suppose um, another argument you could have for that, and it's probably the volume of players that teams like City and Chelsea have in their youth academies, because the top teams in Europe and the top teams in the world, such as City and such as Chelsea at the moment, will take on a big raft of players based on potential. But I suppose... You can look at someone like Jaden Sancho, for example, who's now turning up for England, uh, doing fantastic. He will at Borussia Dortmund. And there's a few players that have gone over to Germany and done relatively similar. And they haven't really been given the chance to get into a team like Manchester City. Do you think there's also a danger of these academy squads like Cities? And I keep saying Cities, Chelsea's, but there's also Manchester United, any of the top six, kind of overload themselves a little bit too much with the youngsters and some just don't get the chance and maybe they'd prefer to go out on loan so they can really show what they have got. Yeah, obviously there's there's that element of it. But you see, City have a, a quite a good uh, structure in, in the way that they're, they're dealing with that, that sort of overloading and, and they've geared uh, a sort of sell-on system where, they, where they, they're making money from the academy, which would then self-fund it and then obviously add to help to purchase more developed players down the line uh, at the present time, but obviously I think they would obviously like to be in the situation, I'd say, where where these youngsters are developing in a better system than, than it is in the, at the moment. But uh, there's uh, the way that they've recruited from from the younger ages, and they've and they've dealt with them moving on has been far better than than the likes of Chelsea, who find themselves. Uh, having maybe the odd sort of lost at cheek or or Callum Hudson Madoy, who who will just boost it up, but the rest of them, who are very good players, they don't really seem to be making any sort of serious mo- money from. Whereas City, have, in these last couple of years, have been able to uh, market them through their agents a lot better and and gain uh, some good uh, value from them. So. Yeah, most definitely, and I think you know it's it's easy to point the the finger and say about sort of uh, Jaden Sancho, for example. But you've got progression of someone like Phil Foden, who's doing really well. Um, you might not be getting in the team every week, but he's a name that's now known across the Premiership. So there is players coming through. Um, I was like I was saying, I was researching the under twenty one side. I, I I've started doing a little piece where I pick three players that were sort of the key men to look at and it was it was a bit of a, a research program for me when it comes to Man City under 21s you've got the ones that stick out like I think Luke Walton stuck out to me um Pervedo stuck out to me as well but then then I read about this young boy um who you couldn't officially sign until August because he was only 15 um and he's just turned 16 he came on against Rochdale and scored two goals <laughs> like it's frightening isn't it how you can look at a 16-year-old player um, and they could potentially cause problems for a team like ourselves in, in this tournament. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously you're talking about J- Jaden Braff there. He's, uh, I am, yes, yes. Uh, yes. He's, he's, he's literally only one day uh, 
from being a schoolboy. If he was born a day later, he'd be a schoolboy still. So uh, he would fit into the under-16s because he, obviously 31st of August, the English system is uh, dated from the 1st of September. Your age is, is counted from. That's another point that I, I have a bugbear about, why why England is not part of the rest of the world that, that dates, dates their players from the, the 1st of January. So uh, it, it makes it harder for them to yeah. bring England uh, uh, squads, new squads to them to be picked because they're, they're come from two different ages half the time because obviously quite a lot of academies trend, do tend to try and find uh, players that are born between September and December because they tend to be bigger and more physical up for that same age because they're a, a few months older, aren't they? So Yeah, of course. Uh, so, but yet, going back to then when they for England, then they're actually the, the younger in that younger ages in that in that year because they're the older ones are from from the January, not uh, from the uh, September and October, such such like. But uh, yeah, the uh, the uh, scouting system uh, within the city to pick up uh, these sixteen-year-olds uh, and, and so on that they can be brought in from Europe, which obviously may change quite dramatically once uh, once Brexit. Does what <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but uh, but yeah, there's, there's, yeah, there's a Obviously, there's a big recruitment process for within England, and obviously, like say, City just signed uh, Ben Knight as well from uh, Ipswich Town. As well, he's he's still a schoolboy as well, so he's he's played uh, a little part in the in the uh, Checker Trade Trophy. He's been on the on the bench. He's he's not started any of the games. Though. So, I mean, we uh, I just jotted down that we've we've uh, had 24 different starters in our Checker Trade Trophy run. There's only one player that's uh, played uh, all five games. Uh, Is that Pavedo? No, no, it's Ogbita. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I was look, when I was looking through sort of the, the sides um, again, like I say, I mean, I, I'm sure I'm not embarrassing myself here by saying I didn't know a great deal about City's under 21s. The first team that maybe so, but um, they're, they're under 21s. I didn't know a huge deal apart from I think Luke Bolton was the one that really sort of stuck out to me at the at that point, but. Um, when I was looking through your team, you, you, I wouldn't say you've chopped and changed, but it's not been a it's not been a standard team the whole way through. And you've played some pretty good teams for like the standard. I think the best side, I've yeah, seen yeah, yeah, exactly. Monster. I mean, we've we uh, thing didn't we? We drew Barnsley, yeah, which is obviously is yourselves and Barnsley were the two top sides in the north. So if we, you know, if we if, if City do manage to progress, then we've Sort of, we've beaten the two best sides in the north section of the group. So, but uh, I mean, I know, I know. Obviously, Barnsley did change a few players, but obviously, it was the uh, the third goal for City, where where it came out from the back was just oh, it's ridiculous. I've seen that sublime goal. Yeah, yeah. And I think yeah, that, and that's a good point you made before. Sorry to sort of interject, but you're, you're saying before, because I, I was very much of the opinion of players should go out on loan. I don't want under 21 teams in the I think, you know, what's been poisoned a little bit by the fact that we had to play Newcastle under-21s, there is a, an element of embarrassment with that, of course. Um, yeah. I don't think anyone would deny that. I think if we were playing City under-21s and not Newcastle, people wouldn't have... They still have strong opinions about it, but maybe not as much. And I think attendances yeah. across the tournament kind of shows that people are not too happy about it. 
and and my thoughts were you know maybe for them to go out on loan but I think it is a really good point that if you keep them in house to learn to play a certain way of football and if you can mould a player at that age to score goals like you did against Barnsley like you're not yeah. necessarily no offence to say Rochdale for example I'm just thinking of a, a, a league one team that, that's obviously near Manchester but you're not going to get that kind of goal you're not going to get that kind of play um, and, um, and yeah. you could change the development of someone so from a flip side you could say yes it does hinder the likes of Sunderland it hinders the likes of Rochdale because when it was a Johnson's Payne trophy it's a realistic chance for like a lower level team although we're quite new to being lower level getting to Wembley yeah. for a meaningful trophy by having to be under 21 teams on the way but if you're a if you're a Man City if you're a Chelsea then obviously you're going to want your players to play in a certain way and especially someone like Pep Guardiola if he's your if he's underpinning everything I mean I remember when we had Gus Poyet here and he wanted to implement a certain style of football and he was implementing it across every team the under 23s the main team and all right Gus yeah. Poyet's very different to Guardiola but it's a it's a similar mindset that he wanted yeah. every unit of every team to play in a similar way and, and there is the argument that getting kicked up a height by someone who's 34 years old and six foot four is not going to give them any more development than staying with or playing in the checker trade trophy and playing the way that your, your main manager, the guy who underpins everything and the whole ethos of your team. Um, in the, in large, you're going to be hopefully playing next to you for the next five, 10 years. Um, so I think it does raise a good point. It's maybe not something that we want to teams in the checker trade trophy that aren't under 21 teams, maybe want to, admit to you but I think it does raise a good point that sometimes keeping it in-house and playing in the style that you want to play is better for the future of the first team isn't it yeah yeah def- definitely and then, and the fact the fact that obviously they can uh, showcase themselves on a sort of slightly larger scale in front of uh, fairly decent crowds compared to the reserve league crowds which are obviously ridiculously small small uh then it, it does add to and, and and the fact that we played Rochdale because it was quite a local game, we City Map took quite a fairly decent away following, which obviously it we we were cheering on the sidelines and that guy I think that had, had added to the young lads uh, uh, ethos within in the game that they they could push on and and they had the crowds back backing and then obviously when when we scored the fourth that. Uh, Taylor Richards just ran over and celebrated in front of the fans, and it, and it was a real—you could see there was a real buzz about him and the team being able to do that. So there's that element that that the checker trade does does add, uh, but uh, but obviously it's it's strange that uh, we're seeing it's just just ourselves getting to this to this point, you know, which does show perhaps that these reserve leagues. It, it, it's not developing the young lads, is it? Because, like, say the the league ones and the and the, is there any league two teams left in it? Uh, Paul Bale, yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, yeah, they've they've got more about them than the than the uh, reserve league players that they're they're facing. So, and I think one big thing as well, and again, it's. I think probably the best club side of, of my generation, I'm 32, off the top of my head is probably Barcelona when they had Guardiola and it was Messi, Iniesta, Xavi. And and they, I mean, especially Xavi and Iniesta, they came all the way through the ranks from the, I'm guessing like the under 16s, the under teens, the B team and the way that they do it in Spain all up to the first team. And there was just like that kind of understanding, which was like telepathic between them, wasn't it? Um, 
yeah. I suppose Guardiola will, will be wanting that. He's not going to want to differentiate from what was essentially the best side in Europe, what, 10 years ago? He's not going to want to go to City and change that idea. So I can understand... I can understand why he would be for that, but he, he seems to be quite adamant that he wants this B league. Do you think that's just what he's used to? Because I, I don't understand the B team thing. Yeah, I think the trouble was is that when he took over the uh, the B side, uh, I think it it was working quite well uh, within Spain for the for the likes of Barcelona. They were doing quite well, but in his last uh, few years, these B league teams are. are are not doing half as well, are they? they no, they've dropped down to, to the like the third divisions, haven't they? Uh, and uh, and just so, and and even when we we played Barcelona in the uh, youth youth league, uh, I didn't see a, a huge difference in 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 the quality. Even though obviously our, our, our I would say that our team wasn't that great, but yet Barcelona, you know, didn't although they did to beat beaters. A couple of times, but we, if we'd have finished a little bit better, yeah, we could have quite easily won as well. It was just a, the old, the old goal in it, and I thought, you know, maybe you know, there's something wrong in that in that system as, as well. But that, but that's uh, why I, I, I think that uh, a sort of a, a, res, a reserve league that has over thirty games a season, where where they, where they are playing against really fit young. Young lads, where there's relegation and, and uh, promotion involved, and cups as well, and different things, I think I think there could be some real benefit to that. And and obviously any any of the ones that are uh, that are playing reasonably well, there is still that option of the of 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 the loans to to clubs as well, because you're going to get a lot of uh, uh, other clubs watching these these yeah. uh, games, aren't you, with their scouts and thinking, hang on, you know, maybe you know. There's a there's an option to to bring in a talented young young lad, and because I think at, at the minute there's uh, they don't send half the amount of scouts that they, they used to. When I go to the games, you can see they just they know that the 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 quality of the, the players and stuff. They're just they're not going to see see enough now. But whereas like I think if if there's those extra games and they can see some real development, they're going to think, oh yeah, we need to be watching this player. He, he might do for us and stuff. But It's definitely changed even from, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm old, um, but it's definitely changed from um, when I was younger, like in my sort of maybe mid teens and stuff like that. The, the reserve, the reserve league was like a proper league um, where you could, yeah. you could win stuff and you could, I, I remember someone's youth team, I'm not sure we won the league and we, we did quite well when we had, I think it was the likes of like George McCartney and the likes of, I, I want to say Michael Proctor, Thomas Butler and, and all who went on to have maybe not illustrious careers, but you know, they all played in the premiership, I think at some point. Um, so it's definitely, definitely changed with that one. And I think what maybe takes the shine off the, the Checker Trade Trophy as well for maybe fans of like a club like Sunderland, if this was the Johnson's Spain Trophy and we were playing say, uh, I'll pick a team of something head of Oxford in the quarterfinal. I'd, I'd probably be really up for it, even though realistically we'd probably be playing lesser quality of opposition. And I think it, it makes it less exciting for a fan of, say, Sunderland, Barnsley, Rochdale, whoever it may be, um, to play an under-21 team. But I suppose on the flip side, 
because Man City have so many different avenues of where they're chasing silverware and they're such a huge club now with such a, a massive infrastructure, totally different to the Man City I knew growing up and, and definitely probably the Man City that you knew growing up as well. Um, how do the fans take these sort of tournaments? Because I remember when Sunderland were in the Czech Trade Trophy because we fell down that fast. We managed to go from having our first team to our under-21 team in the, in the competition. And I remember just not really caring. Um, but because City have such an infrastructure, do the fans care a little bit more about the under-21 side and how they do? Or is it quite hard for you to generate excitement as well? Well, obviously, the the the, the first group games are all the, all the way. So uh, there is obviously a, a following probably from the more locally based uh, fans from that club that they're, they're playing. But uh, there's no, uh, I don't think there's any sort of real following uh, from uh, Manchester. There's probably probably about twenty or thirty of us that yeah. go 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 to the games pretty regularly. And, and obviously, you've got all the friends and family you see there all the time. So, uh, but uh, it's not. I think it doesn't help because of the fact that how bad the reserve league is. I think it it, it doesn't help generate any interest in in the Czech trade trophy games and plus City are very bad at actually sort of promoting these uh, young games because quite frankly they they don't want to have to deal with the crowds at the, uh, at the yeah. stadium and stuff the extra costs and with stewarding and other other things involved I mean if 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 we did draw on yourself at home I'd like to say uh, you you'd probably want to bring Three three thousand fans, possibly. I don't know. You know yeah, so, I mean, we took a thousand yeah, to Markham, so yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I, there's no way that our, our we could call the mini had uh, could deal with that sort of level of away following. It would have probably have to be moved to the main the main stadium, and obviously the <laughs> city did for some reason. They just a lot of the youth stuff. They just don't want to push it for forward as, as as something that's part part of the the big ethos within within the club that you should be following all the time. The this sort of side issue for for people to go to go and watch really, which is a shame because the young lads, you know, I'm sure they'd, they'd love to be playing in front of far far bigger crowds and uh, and be cheered on. But uh, but as, as I say, it, the whole system of the reserve league is, is probably not helping that whole. Uh, and it's all so difficult. I suppose yeah. from a from a city fan's perspective, like I mean, I I travel from Glasgow to each home game. Uh, the majority, I like. I think I would say I go to an average about f- at least six away games a year. I'm already on four this year, and that's that's quite a bit of money, a bit of travelling. If you oh, yes, yeah. like, if you factor in Man City, you've got the League Cup, you've got the FA Cup, which both of which you have a chance of winning or getting to the later stages when you'd want to go. You've got stuff like European games, Champions League. You've got the the homes, the aways. There's so many games. Like I suppose, if I was a City fan, my list of priorities for, i.e., the Czech Trade Trophy, would be pretty low down. My where do I spend my money? And I suppose it's difficult to tell someone else because you're, you're a city in the north of England, very much like ourselves. We're not like the South, where we're like loaded no. with cash and can afford a thousand no. pound season ticket, like Arsenal, and we we don't yeah. all have flush jobs. But we're pretty, pretty. Not everyone, you know. I'm I'm sure there's a differentiation, but in general, we all we all go to the football and we're all like working class people. And I think if you're traveling abroad to like 
right, left and centre. The under 21s and then check your trade trophy weight to something. There's not where your money's going to be going. So I suppose it's also really yeah. difficult to convince a City fan to be like, go to the Champions League, go to the League Cup, go to the Liverpool, uh, Liverpool in the league and Anfield in here, and, and then also go to something for the under 21. So I suppose it makes it quite difficult at the same time for you as well. Um, but it's I, th- I think what makes it the weirdest thing for me about the whole entire competition is probably just how fast we've fallen. Like I say, we had an under-21 team in it ourselves only a couple uh, last season, actually, I think. Um, we were playing Man City not that long ago. We were beating Man City not that long ago. Yes, yes, you were, yeah, yeah. I've yeah, been up to uh, Appleton Colliery quite a few times and, and we've lost, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm still remembering it. It doesn't seem that it was that long ago we were beating you 1-0 in the league every other season when Mancini was in charge and G, G was scoring in the last minute and stuff yeah, like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it, it, there was a, there was a bit of uh, naughtiness as we left the ground after that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that game, because it, it felt like, obviously, that he'd, uh, he'd scored a huge game. But it was a huge thing, but, but uh, there, were, uh, there, were, there were a bit, bit of too much bravado, I think, after. <laughs> after uh, there, were, there, were, there was more stuff that went on. But obviously, you know, uh, I think uh, back in the... Uh, the day when we when we were so low, you know, to beat anyone top, he did. I think you just you lose That's your head massive. a little bit in it. Yeah, yeah, especially. Yeah. And I think I think yeah. the the only thing the the most frustrating thing I think about when I think of Manchester City these days, it's not the fact that you know you you were the the lucky bastards that got all that money and 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 turned it into a good side and all that sort of stuff. It's the fact that I still attest to this day that Yaya Toure's shot at Wembley was not a shot; it was a bloody cross. <laughs> um, <laughs> A hundred percent. That was a bloody cross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, he, 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 I don't think you can say either way. I don't know. You don't know, yeah, do you? Yeah. No, no. I think one thing I was quite interested in was when it comes to City. Yeah, you said yourself beforehand. You've been a season ticket holder for you know thirty plus years. Um, one thing that really got me with City after Wembley, I was, I was devastated. I was absolutely devastated. That we lost because it was it was the first time I got to see my team at Wembley. Um, I, I went to the semis, the uh, the quarters, and the the whole run was just for me. It was it, it lived with me forever, and it was it was the League Cup, and I felt like a lot of City fans, especially maybe the younger ones, you know, the, the lads in their twenties, they were kind of just they were so nonplussed by winning the League Cup, and it just it really frustrated me. But then I had to kind of try and put my sensible head on and think, well where are Man City at and where does this rank? Like, how do you adjust? And I know it's been a few seasons now, but how do you adjust from being essentially strugglers, very, very similar to Sunderland, a bit yo-yo-y at one point mid-90s, to suddenly being probably one of the biggest clubs in Europe outside of, say, Barcelona and Real Madrid, probably? Like, how, how does that adjustment happen? And and how do you still get yourselves up for going to Wembley again and again and again? And I know it sounds really stupid, and there's people probably listening, listening to me think, well, you can always get up for going to Wembley. But that was just the feeling I got from City fans that it was just another trophy. And that, there's part of me that would never want that. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah, um, I've, I've, I'm so disappointed if, if that, that's how people were, were because I certainly am not the case. I, I went to... to Seven quarterfinals without ever seeing a, a, a semi semi-final since I started following till till we got to the semi-final against United in the FA Cup, 
and I and I just relish every single time that we get further in the, in these competitions. I absolutely love it, and I get a real buzz from it. And I, I don't think I'll ever I'll ever lose that. And I, I'm I'm fortunate that I can I can get to all of these games, and I and I appreciate every time that I, I get to see my team at this level because you know it, it could go any one any one time. I just uh, think yeah, pinch yourself. I'm not really watching it. It's a stuff like, of dreams, uh, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's uh, like say not just winning the trophies. It's, it's the, the style and everything about the, foot, the football. It, it's just, it, and like I say, I think right at like this moment in time, I think my favourite player is Edison because he's just, he's just such a maverick goalkeeper. It's just so exciting to see to see him and what what he can do to help the team beat another team. It because of the way he just releases the ball and and, and finds a player and it just it's it's. Bizarre. <laughs> and the scary, the scary thing is, like, I mean, I, I watch match of the day every every single week, and I watch the if football's on, I watch it. And and City are one of those teams that are really nice to watch. Simply put, they're just a good team to watch. And I love Fernandinho. I love, I, I just think he underpins so much good stuff about Man City. And I love watching Aguero. He's so aggressive, but so talented. And I think De Bruyne is just, he just he, he's a total workhorse with genuine undeniable world-class talent but the scary thing is I was watching like you're under 21 players and they're not as good but they're going to be as good you've got these like 16 year old kids that are just demolishing league one defenders like and that is terrifying like maybe not for you (laughs) but but for us because you're watching teams like City and how good they are and you've just got these ready-made kids just that can just step up alongside this huge wad of cash that could just buy a player for 70, 80 million if you really, really wanted to do it alongside a full ethos and potentially the best manager on the planet at the minute. It's like, I don't, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's the stuff of dreams and it's the thing that every club says, oh, I hope you get taken over the way that Man City did. I hope that happens to us. But it, there's not many teams that have done it. Maybe Chelsea, but Chelsea were doing it right at the time as well. City just came up from like absolutely nowhere realistically or mid, mid-table Premiership, I think, more or less at the time. And then I remember Robinho was the first signing. Um, and then it just sort of spiraled from there. But... Well, obviously, top, the, yeah, the year, sorry, go ahead. The year, the year before uh, we were taken over, we had the, sort of the, the previous takeover by Satskin Shinawatra. And obviously, he he proposed he was right. going to put a load, load of money in. And we had uh, Sven as our, uh, our manager. God, but, so you did. But, yeah, but... Uh, all his money got taken away, Satskin, and our, our old uh, owner and directors had to had to bail him out to pay pay the players because they there was there was there was no money. So he did he sort of bankrolled something that the money that wasn't there. So he was in that aspect he wasn't fit for purpose. And uh, I I had some shares in City, and I I held on all to the last minute where I had to relinquish them uh, because I knew I didn't I didn't want him at, at the club, and uh, and we were, I knew we were being sold. Sold down the river, but uh, it didn't eventually mean that, that that he had to sell and and the uh, shape Mansour and and everything around his adult uh, royal family and stuff was able to purchase city. And we, I say, it's, uh, it, it was a bit of a bobby start with Mark Hughes and his guys, but once once he went and Mancini was brought in, we've we've never looked back. Yeah. Oh, and I mean, you 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 for. <laughs> 
I, I, I'll always be a Sunderland fan. I don't really have too much of an affiliation elsewhere, but I think <laughs> there's kind of a sort of a bond between Sunderland and City fans. I think because of how well we did um, getting on with each other at Wembley, but I think that the biggest thing for me was when you won the league and Aguero yeah, and scored in the last yeah. minute and we <laughs> all did the Poznan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a... That's wild Manchester United forevermore. And yeah. if you, all you've got to do is scour Twitter and they still yeah. talk about the revenge and all that sort of stuff. It's like, lad, we, we beat you in a semi-final. We beat you in the league a season later or two seasons later. Like, yeah. I, I ate Man United and I always will. And I'll, I'll, I'm quite happy to say that on a recorded message um, or on a recorded podcast. I've never liked Manchester United. I've never liked the arrogance of it. Um, admired, yes. Never really liked them. But I think there's... You must have seen that, and I, I really hope that kind of added to your day as well. The fact that we did the Poznan yeah. because they've never oh, forgot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, 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 it was sort of a very slow motion there in, in my brain when, <laughs> when the goal was scored. I'm saying, has that actually gone in? Is he crossed the line? Was he offside? Well, you know, I'm just, just it, it took took about uh, ten or fifteen seconds for it to actually go go in. We had scored, and obviously, they celebrated wildly. But but it still didn't actually go into me uh, that that we'd won the league until uh, uh, like I, I went away with my my wife uh, about three or four days after the season finished and about midway through through the holiday I just sat up in the sunbed and said we won the league <laughs> yeah just, it just suddenly clicked and I went we the champions because you know for, as I say for going so long without with not seen as win anything like that, get, getting to quite a few quarterfinals and just never getting any any further. And then, and I've seen so many relegations and and, and a few promotions as well along the way. But uh, it, it was such a, a sublime uh, feeling. And as I say, I I like say I hate the arrogance of any, any yeah football yeah yeah. Fat, fat. <laughs> no no no, just like but anyone. No, I, I, I still hold this belief that no club has any divine rights to be any anywhere. No. They're because they, they do it on, on the football pitch, not because of the size of the club. It's what they, they produce on, on the pitch. You know, and obviously it, it, it's great that some small clubs like Bournemouth are there in the Premiership. That's fantastic. You know, it's got to give some hope to some of the small clubs that if, that if, if they're run right and they've, they've found a nice, good young manager like Eddie Howe is, and they can they can make make their way up up the league like that, you know. And I mean, like Bournemouth, yeah. Bournemouth fans must be pinching themselves all the time as well, mustn't they? That they're, that they're seeing, you know, some top players, and they've got some top players themselves. They certainly uh, have. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, that uh, that they're seeing uh, week in week out there, you know, in their club. It's, yeah. So and I, I, that's why I said I, I appreciate everything that's that's there, and I, I just I feel sorry for the fans that just. Uh, You've never experienced the bad things. <laughs> yeah, they don't have that sort of uh, joy that you get from, from seeing great, great, great football and winning, winning things because you you felt such real low <laughs> within yourself where you, you felt come home and you thought, oh God, what, what am I doing? Why am I still supporting that club? But then you, you're there the next week because you know that's what, that's in your heart. It's what it is, isn't it? Yeah, no, no real choice, and I can tell you that was something for for nothing. So, just just to sort of finish off, I suppose what I what I would ask is, of course, I'd like a prediction for Tuesday. See what you think, how it's going to go. But who's the one player we should watch out for? Who's the one player that could do damage to a to our our team, basically? 
that's that's the thing is it because as I say we've used twenty four starters and I, I I don't I don't know who's who he's gonna gonna pick but uh, but the one the one player that uh, that when we played on Friday night in the Youth Cup and we absolutely uh, battered Nottingham Forest was uh, Felix Nemecha and I think if he plays and if he plays like he did uh, on Friday. He could be a real, real threat for you because he's such a, a tall, rangy player who knows how to use his long legs, nip balls or balls away when you just don't think how's he has he done that, you know? And then he's got such a great touch, of clicks and everything, and he, and 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 if he can, if he finds his shooting boots as well, you know, he can ping one in from thirty yards, no problem. So, yeah, I think uh, if he plays, he 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 might be the one to watch. Uh, and what's your what's your your thoughts for the result? How how do you see it going? I think this may be a game too far for us, and I think you're going to beat three one. I'll take that. I'll go with you on it. Actually, I'm going to agree. I want to say three one. Inject a bit of confidence. I said one one for the Scunthorpe game today, and I was bloody well right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so hopefully my streak keeps going, and uh, we get a little bit closer to Wembley because um, you you might remember how much we enjoyed Wembley last time if you were around yeah, for the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Covent Garden might sell out of their drink again, and I quite fancy that. Um, <laughs> but uh, thanks for popping on, mate. I really appreciate you doing it. It's been really interesting to have a chat with something maybe I don't. I don't feel like I know too much about, and it's it's been nice to have a chat about City and and how you've developed as a club from yeah. probably where you were sort of ten fifteen years ago, and it's quite interesting to to speak about something that's completely not our domain anymore, but hopefully will be within ten years' time. So if anyone wants to buy us, there's a very good documentary on Netflix <laughs> yeah. you can watch called Something Till I Die, which you can watch, you can fall in love with, and then inject your billions of pounds into us if you so wish. And I'm sure Stuart Donald will set the side if we have a billionaire. He's more than welcome to do. Um, if not, you know, that's fine. We'll plow on with League One because we are enjoying it. But um, thanks for coming on, Gav. Um, have a good rest of the night. Are you going on Tuesday? Uh, I'm going to try to because uh, but my, one of my mates, he's, he's got a, a funeral to go to. He's hoping it was going to be uh, earlier in the day. Yeah. So there's, there's just probably the two of us. But then there's obviously the weather aspect as well. If it if there's yeah. heavy, heavy snow and stuff, I don't even I don't even want to contemplate even trying to get to get up there. And then you might have know, to wear a coat yeah. if it's snowing. <laughs> well, well, well. I'm 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 in the bizarre camp. I I wear shorts all year, all year, <laughs> all gay, all games. I'm I'm stood on the on the sidelines watching the under 18s and, and uh, especially somewhere like uh, Newcastle's a camp. I mean, where you're up on a bank and the and the wind's howling straight straight on on your legs. It's <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, we uh, perfect. That's one of one of my foibles. <laughs> no, no, not not yeah. a problem. What what I'll uh, what I'll say is, I hope you have a really poor Tuesday in terms of results. Yeah. Um, but yeah. enjoy enjoy the rest of your season. I'd always prefer you to win it over probably anyone else up there if I'm completely honest with you and I genuinely mean that again never been a big fan of United as I think I've attested to on this podcast but thanks for popping on mate have a good night enjoy match of the day I'm going to have another amaretto and orange juice and uh, drink myself slowly into a stupor I think great Graham thank you very much thanks Gavin have a good one mate cheers bye bye so that was fun um, I thought I'd do a little extra podcast because it's going to be a while before we have a league game um, so I, I did want to do it if I'm completely honest with you and I thought it would be interesting to, to speak to someone who's essentially like an expert on Manchester City's um, elite development squad what a name um, it's such an American sort of movie name isn't it 
fucking ridiculous. Um, but it, but I thought it was it was good to speak about how Man City are as a football club at the moment. It's it's you're a club I, I kind of have time for if I'm honest with you. Um, kind of in a similar ilk to Everton, I suppose. It just something that I've always quite admired about them, I guess, even though they've they've done quite well. Um, and I certainly prefer them to anyone else that's up there. And they're, they're a great team to watch from their first team's perspective. And I'm sure their under-21s are not bad either. Um, and I really think we've got a tough game on on Tuesday. But I do think it's maybe one step too far. Um, they're the last under-21 team there. I'd like to think we can get past this. And, and I do think we can get Wembley with this. And I, and I do want to win it. Um, I'm, I'm not going to deny that. Not just for a day at Wembley, a trophy cap. A trophy is a trophy in the trophy cabinet. At the end of the day, this is the level we're at. It's a trophy that we can go for. It's a trophy that I can go towards and win. So why not go for it? Why not win it? There's, there's no shame in in winning a trophy, no matter which level you're at. Especially when you're in League One, if that's the challenge you have, let's go for it. Why not? But thanks for checking in. Um, I never thought I'd be doing a Manchester City under-21s extra podcast, but here we are. This is what we're at. No shame in that. Um, enjoy your Monday night, Tuesday night. I hope work hasn't been too hard whenever this is coming out. Um, I'm going to, like I say, drink myself into a stupor, a bit more amaro and orange juice, and watch much of the day. Thanks, lads. Bye-bye. Some exchange betting companies run short-lived promotions, like months-long offers of low commission. At BetDAG, we wanted to change the way we did things, so we set our commission at 2% permanently. That's 2% on football, horse racing, golf, almost any sport. 2%. That's just one way that BetDAG is changing for the better. For the better, like you. BetDAG, the 2% commission exchange. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.